as we enter into a new era of leadership, empowerment, and influence. In this season two of Transcend with M, we want to highlight the power that lies underneath us, underneath you. On this new season, we will showcase true stories about women who one way or another are exercising influence by tapping on their strength and their own story. I hope, just like me, that you let all these women and their stories empower you today and shape your tomorrow just like they have helped me. So welcome to season two of Transcend with M. Know her story. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Transcend with M. Know her story. And with, to, with us today, we have Colleen Lassenich. Uh, Colleen is actually the CEO of Call Nonprofits Insurance Services in California. Um, and she's amazing. Colleen embraces life fully, whether at work, with family, or she always plays a, an all-in role, right? So Colleen uh, is a problem solver, is an optimist and natural curious person. Um, the family, her family says that her superpower is the ability to evaluate situations and people. Focus, focusing on the strengths and recognizing challenges and moving forward in a positive way. She never dwells in the negative, but takes the opportunity to learn from and create something positive. Colleen started as an assistant in an insurance firm at age 19 and worked hard to eventually become C the CEO of her agency um, and specializes in working with nonprofits all over the United States. Colleen is actually a true lifelong learner and is consistently pursuing a wide variety of subjects and skills. She even went back to school and earned a college degree at age 50. What an accomplishment. She began family life as a single mom with two kids without much support emotionally or financial uh, from the fathers uh, to create a strong cohesive marriage and have two more children, all of whom have grown up to become honest, responsible, and caring adults having children on their own now. This experience also inspired her to volunteer at a local nonprofit to help families in crisis and become a treasurer of the board of directors. Her passions and hobbies besides her family and work are scuba diving, knitting, baking, and creating art through fused glass. Welcome Colleen, how are you? Hi, Monica. Thank you for having me. It's this so is really exciting to have you here. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's um, always a little embarrassing to to hear uh, um, to hear an introduction like that, just because um, uh, it was written for me, and um, because I think as women, especially women who have worked their way up in life, you discount your own um, experiences a bit because you're just going day by day. You're just getting through each day and all of a sudden here you are. <laughs> yeah, most of the time you don't stop to look back, right? So the positive reinforcement is always important. <laughs> it's so, so important. So tell me uh, and tell everybody listening today a little about your becoming story. There is a lot there. Um, 
And how how did you go to where you are today? Let, let's just start age 19. Like, how did you go to insurance? By chance, like everybody else? Or what happened there? I think everybody gets to insurance either by chance or through family. And in my case, my mom was um, an adjuster for a national um, insurance uh, personal lines a, uh, company. And I needed a job and she said, hey, there's this agent who could use some help, um, you know, just, you know, filling out X date cards and um, calling clients. And I was um, pregnant and not very many people back then would hire you when you were pregnant. Now they just don't tell you that's not why they hired you. But back then they just wouldn't even talk to you. So... <laughs> um, I, um, I started out um, assisting this agent and um, apparently did such a great job that he offered me a full-time job. And I worked for a couple of different agents um, over the first 10 years of my career. I got licensed um, probably about a year after I had started working. And they, it, it was just something it, I was good at. It's technical. I had always thought I would be an electrical engineer. I love technology. I love um, engineering and science. Uh, but, you know, I had children. And so I didn't, um, I put my schooling on hold. I did go back several times to try and finish my degree. It's just really hard as a single parent to get through that. Um, and even though I never needed it for my career, I always felt the need to go back and do it. And I, I actually think I gained a lot more from it by doing it after I'd been in the workplace for a long time. <clears throat> I valued it more, I think. And I also was at the right place in my life to apply a lot of it. Mm. Very nice. Very nice. So Raising two children at a time, right? Um, you know, juggling motherhood, you know, has the woman, um, who did you surrounded with in order to be able to succeed? And, and what were your thoughts? Like, what was your focus? So I've always been a pretty independent person. And it's yeah. always been very difficult for me to ask for help which led to some pretty dark um, um, led to some pretty dark times for me for a while. <clears throat> and um, you know, my um, my uh, soul sister cousin, who uh, actually is the one who wrote my intro, she yeah. was there through all of it. Like she has been with me um, through from when my daughter was first born um, to today. And she, is constantly telling me what an inspiration I am, where I find that she is an inspiration. <laughs> so I think just having those people around you, I have been uh, very blessed. Um, some might call it lucky, but I feel like, um, like you kind of make your own luck. And I think I've been um, very blessed to work with some very good people, men and women who have supported and encouraged um, me along the way. Yeah. And along with a natural curiosity and desire, like I always want to learn more, right? And there is always yeah. something to learn, especially right. in insurance. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, so 
you just mentioned, you know, when you started working, when you started on the insurance, um, the landscape for women hiring and succeeding on their career was really different than what is today. I think there is a lot more opportunity for women today than it was then. So take me through that through that journey um, of like, you know, growing through your career and, you know, experiencing all the huddles and successes too, um, to get where you are today. Yeah, so um, the company that I worked for at the time would only hire agents. And, you know, here I was licensed, I was doing the job for the agent um, that had a college degree. So that is the one spot in my career where it may be a hiccup, but I also feel like it got me to the places where I'm at now, not having it. So I think, you know, it's, it's a toss up. And after that point in time, after you have like, after I had like 10 years in the industry, it didn't seem to matter anymore because it was your experience. I, I earned designations. I continued to um, do kind of a higher level learning, but specific to insurance and risk management because it was pertinent to my career, all the while hoping I would go back um, to school. I actually thought I would graduate or get back and graduate at the same time as my eldest child, my daughter. Um, but that didn't happen. She got three degrees by the time I got one. Um, and then once I was working on the carrier side, it was, you know, being able to be that can-do person and mm -hmm. being able to just move forward past. I mean, there's always going to be what some people call setbacks. I just like to take, take them as lessons learned and move on. And you're always going to have them. And some of them are ugly and some of them are not fun um, when you're going through them, but we always learn from them. Yeah, we always learn from all of the, you know, more negative experiences that we have personally or professionally. If we don't, we repeat them. So I always try to learn and move forward. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, honestly, um, I think, you know, insurance, since I, since I entered into the insurance world when I was, I think I was still 20 or something like that. I don't remember. Um, I don't want to talk ages here. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's just so fulfilling because just like you said, you never stop learning, you never stop growing. And for anyone that has the necessity and, the, and that personality that you cannot feel that you are being in a loop and you cannot be stuck, like you always need to feel that you are progressing, I think is such a fulfilling career to be in because I mean, every day the laws change every day, like something's changed that you're going to know and it affects like the entire nation and it's just like, and you have to continue to polish yourself into, you know, uh, being a, an advisor to mm -hmm. anyone uh, that you're talking to. So it's really important that that education and that, and that knowledge is, it's, it's there. Um, so why, why focus on not nonprofits? What, what got you there? So 
at one point in time, um, well, I took a year off and with my youngest son, I stayed home for a year. And when it was time to go back to work, um, well, I didn't really want to go back to work at the time, but <clears throat> the my husband had been laid off. He had worked in real estate and one of us had to get a job. So it was pretty much whoever got a job first was going to go work and the other one was going to stay home. So I um, ended up underwriting for a new program for workers comp for nonprofits. And that kind of led into working as an underwriter on packages for nonprofits. And I really enjoyed working with nonprofits. It felt like you have all this insurance knowledge in your head, all of this you know, information, where can I do the most good, right? Where yeah. can I do the most good in the world with all of this like technical, things that most people don't understand. And I figured um, it was staying and working in nonprofits. So I worked on the carrier side for almost 20 years as an underwriter, as a vice president of the region, uh, and then moved into operations and IT, heading up the operations and IT for this carrier. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to leave the, um, leave that company. And my choices were limited because I had a um, pretty serious non-compete that even though I'm in California was enforceable. And so I was pretty limited in what I could do. So I went to work for a wholesale broker for a couple of years and I did national operations for them. And I loved it. I loved that job. I loved the, the company. And I, one day I got a call from a recruiter and they said, hey, this retail agency is looking for a CEO. And it's a very unusual agency because it's owned by a nonprofit. So it's not an ownership position, um, which is yeah. super unusual in an agency um, operation. Yeah. yeah. And I was familiar with the agency because I had appointed them at one point when I worked on the carrier side. Yeah. But I didn't want to move. And I didn't really ever foresee myself going back to the um, retail agency side. I'd been on the company side and a wholesale broker side for so long, but the draw of working with nonprofits was too great. I, I, I took this job because, um, well, one, it was a natural progression in, in my career, but also because I really wanted to be back working with nonprofits. It's very fulfilling to me to be able to help them protect their missions. Um, you know, it's so important. Any business, it's a protection to keep them sustainable and operational. But for nonprofits, especially, they don't, they often lack the technical business knowledge. Larger nonprofits have it, but smaller, mid-sized ones, they're just people trying to do good. And they don't really care, but they have to have insurance for their contracts. They have to have insurance to protect their board members. And so I just, I love working with the nonprofits. Awesome. What type of nonprofits do you work with? Like what, um, you know, what type of, of work do they do that it draws you to be uh, so passionate about it? You know, they do so many things. Um, they can be doing anything from from, you know, a homeless shelter to a daycare center to mm-hmm. building houses to just yeah. running a foundation and giving money to other organizations. I mean, it's such yeah. a gamut of what they can do. Yeah. I, it, you know, I was super involved with scouts when my kids were little. Um, the um, There's, you know, religious organization, like there, there's really a nonprofit doing pretty much anything <laughs> that you want to be involved <laughs> in. Our agency doesn't, um, 
focus on one type of nonprofit or another, like there's mm -hmm. some people that will focus on services for the developmentally disabled, or they'll focus on community health clinics. We do a, a, a lot of everything because, yeah. um, you know, it's just the focus is nonprofit. So. Do you feel that as a woman, that compassionate side helps you to be successful with them? Yes, um, I'm not in a sales role. I'm more in, you know, kind of overall um, face of the company. And I do a lot of risk management and do do webinars and, and, and teach. I love teaching as much as I love learning. Yeah. And um, so I do think, you know, it, it, you always get a good feeling from that. But I also mm -hmm. just feel like learning the stories of each of these nonprofits and where they started and where they're going is so interesting. You know, it, every single one of them is interesting to me. That's amazing. That's amazing. So can you um, tell us one of, or, or if you have any frequent challenges, um, you know, and how, how you overcome them and how you try to be a mentor to others um, in order you know, for them to empower them and, and, and succeed? So one big frustration I think I have is uh, people who don't have any initiative to move forward mm. and trying, you can't, we all, there's a lot of talk about how do you motivate people? People have to motivate themselves to a certain extent you, you, everything is fairly internally motivated. You can make the conditions right, but it's not going to be right for every person. Mm -hmm. So it was always hard for me to realize that it's not right for every person and no one is happy doing a bad job. So if somebody's doing a bad job, it's because they don't care about what they're doing. So that's right. always frustrating to me. Like if, if you're not going to care about what you're doing, take the initiative to do something different. Yeah. Um, I, I think that um, the, a lot of the challenges to me as a woman have been, um, I've had people tell me I'm too direct. Um, yeah. And then when a man says exactly the same thing I said, um, oh, he's so bold and he's so action oriented. Wait, I just said the same thing and I'm too direct. Right, um, oh my God, that happens to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, um, you know, and I don't show emotion, um, yeah. a lot. And so, um, learning to, um, treat people how they like to be treated rather than how I like to be treated has been a lesson for me along the way too. You know, uh, there are people who need and, and want a lot of public praise. That's not me. And it's very, so it becomes very difficult for me to, do that to people who need that to continue to be successful in what they're doing. So yeah. just trying to, you know, not treat people how I want to be treated, but treat them how they want to be treated yeah. is um, that's something that I, 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 it's a challenge sometimes for me. Yeah. I mean, I think um, something I've learned from that is um, basically it's easier for people to get adjusted to you, but it's not easy you to adjust to all the other people around you. And I think as leaders, that's our, our biggest challenge. It's basically you treating them the way they want to be treated because 
you need to adjust to them, not the other way around. Yeah, and I think, and and part of that for me is the uh, showing showing more emotion. Like I have a lot of emotion, but I don't show it to people. Yeah. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not a. Um, although I get really excited about stuff, if if yeah. I, things aren't going well, I tend to just be quiet and not share that. And so sometimes sharing the burden is something that I think is a place for me to yeah. to grow. Mm -hmm. I feel, um, I just, I hate, I hate being around mean people and there's a lot of mean people out there. And yeah. I feel that's really challenging. Cause I'm like, how, why, like, why do you have to, why do you have to be mean? Can't we just all, you know, move forward and get things done. <laughs> We're throwing obstacles in the way that don't need to be there. Yeah. That don't, don't need to exist. That's true. That's so true. As a, as a leader, you know, coming into this big role, um, what what have been the lessons that you have learned thus, this this far? And as a woman, um, what do you wish you knew before taking the role? Sorry. I wish I, I just you wish I... There. <laughs> I, I, I wish I knew it's lonely. It's lonely being the leader in an organization, especially the top leader in an organization. It's, it's pretty lonely. It's hard to, you can't really confide your issues in people who report to you. You, you shouldn't be putting that burden on them, especially if those, that, those issues are higher up than you are, you know, that you're bored or what have you. And um, when you're even at a, say, a vice president level or another leadership role, but there's other people at the same level as you and there's people above you, you can, you have peers that you can bond with, that you can go out and have a drink with, that you can hang out with on the weekend. Um, so it's hard. I feel like that's a lot harder when you're the leader, uh, the, you know, the, the sole one at that, at that level in your organization to really have um, peers that you can rely on to bounce things off of, to strategize. I mean, I strategize with my leadership team, but it's not on a personal level. And I think we need those personal connections. And maybe part of that was moving to a new community as part of this job is I didn't have a, a network locally either. Mm -hmm. So it, that's one of the, um, that's one of the reasons why I've volunteered for lots of, um, volunteer positions and, and board positions just to try and build more community outside of, of work. Yeah, yeah. So where um, did you made a big like jump from locations? Like where, where do you live before you move here? So about 125 miles away. Um, oh. And um, so up in Sonoma County in wine country is where we still have a house up there and my my son um lives in that house and so we had we lived there a long time we're really close to all our neighbors we have a huge social group we have people that we travel with we had former co-workers that we're really close friends with so we have a big community up there and yeah. although 
125 miles doesn't sound that far away. You don't see them on a daily basis, you know? And so you have to make an effort to reach out and talk to people, which is hard, um, especially with COVID, right? So before we were going up every eight weeks or so, and we'd see people pretty regularly and have our community around us. Um, Now we haven't, we've been up there twice in a year. And um, so- that's, um, that I think made it a little more difficult, but yeah, I just, I wish I'd known and was prepared for that kind of loneliness that I felt when, um, when, you know, because you have to have a different, not persona isn't the right word, but it's just a different level. People aren't going to relax and be around the CEO at the same level that they would relax and even be around their manager. Right, right or the agency owner, like there is always that different, different um, dynamic, right? Like I, when I see my agency owner call me, even though he's like super sweet and all, I like, I freak out. I was like, yes, how can I help you? (laughs) (laughs) And then as as you go, you know, and you're like on the floor with like the CSRs, it's like, oh, yeah, and my kid threw up on me last night. And it's like, it's a whole different level. Um, so I totally understand. I mean, it's not the change just in the environment at work, but you not being able to, you know, pick up the phone and say, you want to grab a glass of wine tonight? It's, it's such a big difference. And when I came from Puerto Rico, that was a big impact for me too. Like it was a huge cultural impact. I mean, I can take a plane and be there in four hours, but it's not like I can do it every weekend, every month or anything like that. Um, so I, I totally understand how that feels and it's, it's not easy, but I'm glad that you are surrounding yourself with that community and, and, and making sure that you build that around you because if not, then it's not, it's not worth a try, right? It's not worth a sacrifice. Um, so. What message of empowerment um, will you have for women out there that, you know, are single moms or are, you know, struggling with like balancing everything now they are at home with the kids having to work, you know, don't have a degree yet, um, younger generations, what will you tell them today? Keep learning and believe in yourself. Um, because that's what has to happen before anything happens. I had a lot of self-esteem. I had to, to, to get over um, issues that I had, um, believing in myself and knowing, like at some level in your head, you know you're capable, but um, the really 100% fully believing it took a long time. And expecting other people to notice it also, not, yeah. not toot your own horn is always, always a tough thing. And something that I'm working with my professional coach with right now, how do you toot your own horn without feeling like you're a braggart, you know, and that's something yeah. that I think women still have to do, especially in the insurance industry. It is still an yeah. industry run by white middle-aged men. And um, for the most part, in most carriers, in most companies, it is not diverse. It, I've always tried really hard to make it a diverse industry, but 
when people don't see the uh, women in leadership in these companies, when they don't see people of color in leadership in these companies, I think it's hard for them to see themselves ever getting to that point. And mm -hmm. it's it's been this good old boys network for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully we can start closing that gap. I, I feel very, very uh, confident we're all speaking up and moving towards that that line. I am yes. so glad because I I've interviewed a lot of insurance um, um, leaders for 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 these podcasts and you know our uh, my message is about women empowerment. It's not about you know not saying that men are important or that they're but we really need the opportunity um, to showcase what we do behind scenes. You know, we are usually the people that are working in the shadows while others, mm -hmm. you know, take the credit for it. And we really need to come out and we really need to take ownership and we really need to take the leap. And if we want to open our own agency, go ahead and do it. Um, and if you want to be on a leadership role, then go apply for it. Um, but educate yourself because education is the key um, to success. You cannot walk into a room and pretend that you deserve something if you haven't really educated yourself and work for it. So, um, you know, I think we all have really good men and women mentors uh, that we need to thank for. Um, yeah. But it's our job to take responsibility for our own futures um not waiting for anyone to give us permission to do so right um so i am so proud of you colleen and i i am so happy that we've met um and i cannot thank you enough for sharing your story for your time because i know you're a very very busy lady <laughs> and uh i hope that we can have this conversation um another conversation again and i cannot wait to see you with the network of women um in, in the next few weeks so are you ready for a quick five uh questions yes All yes right. awesome. so transcending is empowerment what's your favorite food steak awesome <laughs> what's your favorite music i like lots of different kinds of music um it depends on what kind of mood i'm in okay how about um a book that you just read or a book that is your favorite? I am currently, oh God, I could never choose a favorite book. I read so many books and whatever book I just read is my favorite book, but I would have to say um, I, I've been reading um, uh, Culture Code. I think that oh. is a really great book and yeah. I've really enjoyed reading that. I, it, yeah. Like I said, the last book I read is usually my favorite book of the moment. Yeah. Did you read it with Sarah? I did. Yes, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. It, it was a really good read. It was a really good read. Um, how about um, who is your favorite woman influencer? At the moment, Kamala Harris. Woo! She's doing great. Oh my God. That inauguration was amazing. I can't wait I, to see what, what happens next. <laughs> I met her about 
I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago at a um, women's, uh, women's conference in San Francisco when she was a DA in San Francisco and she was the keynote speaker. And then she was just so wonderful. She came around and talked to people. She had encouraging words to say to everyone. So I've been a fan for a long time. Wow, what a, what a, what a pleasure. I cannot imagine meeting her and getting to know her um, at that level. That's amazing, that's great. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Um, hey, y'all. Thanks for listening. I hope that you found this episode inspiring and that one way or another, you were able to identify with today's story. Remember, like Catherine Stockett said, you is kind, you is smart, you is important. Start believing in yourself and empower those around you. Because you never know when suddenly someone can realize they have a choice in what they could believe and do in this world. If you don't follow us yet, please subscribe at the, our YouTube channel, which is under my name, Monica Duani. You can also follow us on Instagram at TranscendWithM. Or if you just want to chat with me one-on-one, -on -one, make sure to just connect on LinkedIn and send me a message. It's Monica Duani. And I'm always here for you. I hope that you enjoy this episode and I'll see you next week. <laughs>